Hey, welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I am Herbert Goza, founder of HerbertGoza.com. And today we're actually going to have a very fun conversation and we have mm. somebody with us that I'll tell you about very shortly. <laughs> but it is on how important is social media in marketing your education courses. So the reason that we wanted to talk about social media in particular is because it's a marketing channel that gets so much buzz, but actually very few education companies actually do a really good job, whether that be in tutoring or in language education. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons that we really want to talk about, certainly from a LearnCube perspective, you know, we help online language and tutoring businesses to grow with our virtual classroom and online school solution. And so with that, we have a lot of exposure and really want to help our clients. And this is one of the one of the best ways that they can help themselves. And Herbert, I mean, this is a lot of your business. Absolutely. I mean, we take over paid ad campaigns for you know, language schools and education businesses. But, uh, you know, the foundations of a successful ad campaign is having a solid uh, you know, social media strategy and organic traffic coming in. So that this is why, um, you know, social media is very important, especially these days, new audiences, new platforms coming up and how to take advantage of them effectively. And I think, you know, who better to help us with that really than a marketing manager of a language school, right? So exactly. we love talking about marketing, but there's nothing quite like talking to somebody that's on the ground and actually started from the ground up with social media and is doing such a great job. So I have the absolute privilege of introducing Marielle Porte, um, who is joining us as the marketing manager of Speakeasy Barcelona, a language school um, based in uh, Barcelona. So thanks so much for joining us, Maria. <laughs> thanks, thanks for Marielle. having me. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Great. Now, we were going to have a conversation. Let's start just by setting the context about social media. It means a lot of different things to different people. But let's mm. just start off with why do we care about social media? And uh, Herbert, do you want to kick us off with this? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's one of the kind of first touch points you might have with a prospective student or a customer. It offers really a, a window into your company. And, you know, first impressions count these days, uh, especially online. So it is so important uh, that your social media is on point, that you are providing the content, um, showing people kind of the insides of your language school and uh, how that works in the student experiences so that they stay on your uh, Facebook profile, Instagram profile, or go to your website. So, um, yeah, everything is very visual these days with photos and videos, uh, and that's why so organic social media um, is becoming or is very important. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on that point just in terms of it's just a, it's a pulse, right, of your business, mm. and it's also – another shop front. So just as a website is a shop front, your social media presence is again a shop front. But actually I like that that point. It's not just a shop front in the front. It's it's actually uh, behind the scenes a lot of the time. Um, Absolutely. Marielle, what's your take on social media? Like what's its purpose and and how does it help? I think uh, I definitely agree with social media being a shop front as you say to you know your products and what it's like and you know giving kind of an inside look at what's going on in your school 
But not only that, I think um, a really important way to use social media is to also show what's happening like on the business side, you know, showing, um, you know, what's going on with the administration team and, mm. uh, the, well, and the students' lives themselves and also the teachers, you know, people want to know um when people are buying products, I think it's much more they they care more about like the actual um things that are going on behind the scenes in mm-hmm. a company and that adds value to the product. So I think showing all sides of it and being totally um transparent and um kind of engaging in your customers in that way is, is a really important use for social media. One of the things more. I myself, I'll bounce from with that, Marielle, was when I've looked at Speakeasy Barcelona, one of the things that strikes me is when I look at all of the imagery, particularly in your Instagram account, it's also, it's kind of like branding, right? It's your, all of those images, it's like a thousand images are communicating your brand values. Uh, and almost your company culture, particularly if you took your point on this idea of like going behind the scenes, you're, exposing hey this is our culture and you can see all of these data points that all say the same thing we're this kind of company and you're going to have this kind of experience mm-hmm. is that yeah, your take on it that's definitely my take on it and you know you're just basically proving the same point on all different aspects of your company um, mm-hmm. and just making everything super visible not only in the content that you post but also the kinds of engagements that are public for other people to see you know they see like what kind of customer service you give and that you do give personalized attention um and then you know it's it's that's for like the people the new potential students but also for the current students you know it helps them to feel seen and to be part of the story that you're telling um so it's all just kind of like (laughs) putting everything in front of the world to see um, for your current students and potential students. Definitely. I think a lot of, uh, I mean, every every language school says they have native speaking teachers and international students, but you know, where are they? You don't see them um, mm-hmm. or, they, or they're hidden on like a, the, the back page of a, of a website. But I know that Speakeasy does a fantastic job of showing classes, showing their students um, being active inside and outside of the classroom and introducing the teachers. One of the things I also wanted to um, kind of bounce back on that, Marielle, was you kind of mentioned two different aspects of how social media can help. One is in terms of people that don't know you, giving them that. It's, it's like a, a, a bridge of trust, right? It's mm. say, hey, these are a whole bunch of images that you know would be really hard for us to fake. You know, it's really hard for us to fake this kind of, um, you know, uh, emotion that's coming out, out of our students. You can look at all of these images and they all tell you the same thing. You're going to have a great time. So it must actually speed up your sales cycle as well because you don't have to convince as hard. Like, And you don't have to use words. You're using images. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's it. And I think with um, – sorry to interrupt you at the end. Um, but I think that – you know, a lot of the the question that people have with a course, especially a language course, if they haven't like studied in a language school ever or they haven't studied a language, you know, outside of college or high school, um, 
like, what is it like, you know? Mm. And it's really hard for them to imagine. And they don't want to think, like, well, is this going to be like a high school class where, you know, like I'm sitting there in a desk by myself doing a workbook, you know? Um, So um, it does speed up the process and and people know what they're getting, you know? So their decision is already, like, half-cooked by the time that they've um, seen everything and reach out to us. I love it. I I, right. I I didn't really thought uh, about that trust proce- process until just now, but it just seems so powerful. Like if I have a thousand, if I look at just one Instagram account and I have a thousand reference points of why I'm going to have a great time, that just must make it so much easier compared to if you even had a talk with somebody from Speakeasy. Like I'm going to be looking through everything that you say and be like, ah, they're just saying that I'm not, I don't really yeah. believe I'm going to have a great time. Sales pitch. Visually, mm. Totally mm-hmm. different story. Yeah, definitely. And another tool that has worked well for us, not only for us to like engage more with the students and like know their stories is if you've seen like on our Instagram, we do a student of the week kind of thing where we actually, you know, find students who want to um, share their background and, and their experience uh, learning the language and we use their images. So, you know, we tag them on Instagram and we use their own images. And I think that comes across not only in, you know, the images that we choose to post, um, but also that then it's a basically a testimonial and the potential students can go to their Instagram profile mm. and, you know, build the story even even bigger. And it and it's more real that way. Fantastic. I mean, there's there's nothing better than user generated content uh, and uh, you know, it's 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 free, <laughs> and it's much easier to create than than doing it yourself. Yeah, definitely, and that's why you need to have you know somebody who's doing putting a dedicated effort into it, because um, that's how we reach out to these students. You know, if you don't have a real conversation with them or have interacted on their accounts before, mm-hmm. they're not going to be as willing to open up to you and give you this content. So it's something you have to work on. Mm-hmm. And I really like how you talked about it because you, you're not, it's not an accident. It's no accident that somebody's doing a testimonial for you every week. This mm. is a system that doesn't feel like a system and it's a favor that doesn't feel like a favor. It feels like a reward and a validation. That was the other thing that I thought you said really well before, Marielle, is you've got prospects that want trust and you've got students that are with you that want validation that they made the right choice. And student of the week is a total validation mm. that I'm in the Absolutely. right place. Yeah, certainly. Um, and, you know, now we even have people asking us if they can be student of the week, you know. And so that's a really important the dream. Uh, yeah, <laughs> connecting with your students on a consistent basis so they feel like your friends, you know. Mm. Um, and then they want to appear there and they feel special, you know, for, for being a part of it. And you've, normalized, idea, right? you've mm-hmm. normalized the idea of... Um, telling a story about your experience and it doesn't you're not even asking for a testimony you're just saying hey look this is this thing that we're already doing and all of these other people have done it's nothing to be afraid of um all of these other people have had a, a, a it's been a positive experience for everyone this is not a punishment this is just uh, absolutely the opposite it's like yeah 
Yeah. I really like how you've, how you've put that together, Marielle. Um, but you, uh, you know, when we were talking about this previously, and people might be um, listening, and I still think you're an expert, but you kind of, when we were talking <laughs> about this before, are like, hey, you know, I started um, with Speakeasy Barcelona, what, is it four years ago, Marielle? Yes, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And you've had to build up all these skills, and 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 I think a lot of people listening might be like, oh, you know, I can never do what you know Marielle's done, but actually, you know, you've got the, the whole the story from from start to finish. Yeah, so I didn't actually study marketing specifically um, before I got into this. I, I started as a receptionist. Um, just mostly because I knew that I really liked education. Education is just kind of like a nice field to work in, and I think it's a nice field to work in, especially for language schools, (laughs) I have to say, because it's like happy people, you know, Mm -hmm. young people who are excited to do stuff. Um, You know, you have a much higher chance of getting, like, people involved in the things that you're trying to do. Um, So, yeah, so basically um, we had been doing uh, social media kind of as an aside, um, but, you know, I realized that, like, the more effort we put into it, the more of kind of like an ecosystem there is. And, you know, you realize that, like, I mean, of course, it depends on the size of your school, but you really can connect with, like, a big percentage of, you know, your students on a personal level. Um, and yeah, I just noticed that there was a really good energy and that it was uh, much easier to create content and get ideas even from the students themselves. Um, so yeah, I don't consider myself like a trained expert in marketing, but I think it's just a matter of like getting really involved in your community and then seeing, you know, how you can make content for you know, those people, like what would they be interested in, 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 um, you know, following on Instagram? Are they interested in learning stuff? Are they interested mm. in seeing themselves? Are they interested in whatever it is, you know, and that's kind of the direction you go in. Yeah, and you've built up that expertise more so in terms of experience, right? You've been able to make, um, you know, I mean, how many, how much, how often are you posting, Marielle? We're posting pretty much every day. Um, we wow. have um, we have accounts on all the major social media platforms. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, but there's a lot of tools that help with that. We have, for example, Sprout Social, which is like a posting. Uh, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> a posting helper. Yeah. <laughs> social media posting platform. Yeah, social media scheduler too. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, and like there's slightly different kinds of content that we post on the different um, platforms, but more or less okay. we're posting mm. similar things or like you know on two of the platforms we'll post a certain kind of uh, article or video or album and and on the other kinds of platforms we don't um but you can really you can use these tools to um to help you and then you know, as i said dedicating somebody um for you know a specific amount of time every day to be yeah to be managing and also just like talking to people. 
Yeah, it's not enough to post. Um, you know, when you post, people will hopefully comment and you also need to interact with those people and make sure you reply or, or comment, engage with them in a timely manner. I think a lot of people forget that as well. Yeah, like a two-way platform rather than just a one-way broadcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Interesting. Uh, I'm kind of curious just on your starting story because I think a lot of people might resonate with that and it also may help people that are like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. You know, We've all got to start somewhere. Tell me a little bit about maybe how you felt that you started your social media kind of um, journey and then what you feel that you're doing differently now and, and maybe what are the first steps that people would kind of start with? Um, so I would say I'm not even like a very like heavy social media user myself. Um, a lot of it was like quite intuitive at the beginning. It's like, okay, what do I think I would see or Mm. I would want to see? Um, and you know, since I was kind of in like the target audience of of the, the customers that we were looking at, um, that worked and um but yeah there was a lot there has been a lot of changes from the beginning from when i started um i would say that i got much more organized with the tools for example and with the you know kind of categorizing different things because it's really easy to run out of ideas (laughs) um So that was the first thing was getting more organized with tools and also like having a specific plan about the different like points that I wanted to touch on with the students and the things that I felt represent our product. Um, And, you know, kind of like doing what you think people want to see, but also, um, you know, from a sales perspective, you have to take that into consideration. Um, so yeah, just writing that stuff down and thinking what kind of post can I make that would feel natural, but would also convey this thing or like how often does it look good to post about one of our courses mm. versus posting about, you know, interesting content that's actually like you're giving something to the community, whether it's humor or whether it's like language learning tools, um, just kind of thinking about what you want to present to the community. And then based on that, you know, you'll see um, people are um, people are responding so much more to these kinds of posts. So um, this is the, you know, this works. And so I'm going to post this a certain amount percentage while still, you know, lacing in my like this is a language school and you want to come here. Sure. Because, you know, it's really easy to start posting, like, content that's highly shareable and, you know, engaging. But then it's like, okay, wait, but we still want students. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and what's, I think that was a great tip, by the way. It's certainly one thing that's very pragmatic, just simply creating, like, a categorization and using that to, to then brainstorm on. So instead of trying to brainstorm about anything, you're brainstorming mm. around a category. Herbert, tell me about your experience as well. Like, what have you noticed from other language schools when it comes to, you know, what what to post and and maybe what what what's interesting? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it d- depends on the language school. I see, you know, especially with uh, a school like Speakeasy Barcelona. Barcelona is mm. kind of 
you know, the, the, the one major attraction and, and I assume that you sell the destination quite a bit. So, you know, that would be very different to say an online language school, right? Um, but I, I know that a lot of schools and, you know, the social media marketing team, they, uh, you know, work in categories and, you know, they have a kind of a posting schedule, whether it be, you know, on Monday, we do a student story. On Wednesday, we do something like activities or something around the school. Um, and then on Friday, they do uh, something more about learning, you know, learning the language. And so by having those categories or these pillars, as they say, um, it's much easier to create content because, you know, OK, you know, I need for for August, you know, four of these, four of these, and four of these types of posts. Exactly. And that's exactly how I got organized. And, and it takes right. much less time. Yeah, mm. definitely. So then you have that all scheduled out. And then the only thing you have to worry on with or worry about is engaging with, um, you know, people on a day-to-day basis. Mm. One of the things that strikes me that you do very well as well, Marielle, is it seems you collaborate as a team. So it's not just one person's job to help with social media. You kind of enroll the rest of the team in that same idea. So you're actually systemizing things by, hey, we know that we're going to have activities on these days. I'm assuming you even might even ask the people that are running those activities. You're also responsible for at least capturing some images from that so that we can use it. Um, yeah, on social media. Is, there, is that how you approach it? Yeah, exactly. So um, we do have an activities program as part of um, as, as part of the, the the perks of being a student at Speakeasy. And so um, we have the activities coordinator who is the guide on these um, on these trips. But um, I do tell her. I mean, she is responsible for getting pictures, and and um, uh, I do. You know, she has a um, she has like an integral role on telling the story. And, you know, she knows the kinds of things that the students like doing and seeing. And she gets pictures of all the, you know, fun social stuff that they're doing on activities. And she knows the students personally. So she also helps when it comes to the moment of tagging people in posts or, you know, like she's a really big link between us and the students and the social media platform. So, um, yeah, definitely. And then as far as the rest of the team goes, um, they all know like how important the social media uh, marketing is um, for, you know, the school. So, for example, the teachers, they are always um, they always have to collaborate in a way whenever we do go in the classrooms and film a class. You know, they have to ask the students if it's OK with them and, you know, make it a positive experience for them. Um, and um, so the fact that the teachers are in on it, too, makes it even more. Um, you know, it makes it less scary to students because, you know, this is actually a problem that I had at the beginning because it is hard at the beginning. I will say that when you're, when your student body is not used to being filmed, being recorded, like, mm. um, on a regular basis, it's kind of like, whoa, what? What are you going to do with that? You know? Yeah. You, you, you you've have, normalized it now, right? Which is why. Yeah. 
easier and right it's, now. It's actually really incredible how quickly it happened because, you know, we have students coming in and out weekly. And so if all of the students who have just been part of it and have seen it happening continue to see it happen, all the new ones just see it as something regular. Right. And also the fact that they've seen it on our social media platform. So, yeah, it was not easy at the beginning, and I had to do a lot of convincing, and I actually had to, like, yeah, I, I don't know, I had to deal a lot more with, like, the do we make them sign photo release papers or not? Um, but uh, that's just something you have, you just have to try until it becomes, like, a normal, you know, part of the atmosphere. Um, you just have to start. Yeah, it's the hard, it's the hardest part, right? I, I remember <laughs> a couple of years back when we were uh, trying to get some student testimonial videos that um, <laughs> it wasn't the easiest, uh, but now it's super easy. So um, and uh, great videos. <laughs> it seems yes. like getting that habitual um, kind of process is so critical. Like without it being consistent, then it's you're having to start the wheel every time. Whereas it seems like Marie, you've created a recurring system. So again, there's, there's, you just have to tap the wheel and it, it just goes by itself. Yeah, definitely. It's just a matter of maintaining it. And, um, with, as with everything, I guess the, you know, the hard part is getting started. Um, but yes, I mean, I think it's just a matter of like really, um, connecting with the community and like in a genuine way <laughs> and having somebody on your team that, is kind of in their age range and, you know, their kind of circles. Um, that makes it easier, at least. Mm. I think you said something really smart there as well. Um, so, for example, I can imagine if it's top-down, let's say the owner's like, yeah, we're going to do social media, and then, hey, teacher, find me five students and then send them to my office and I'll force them to do a testimonial. That's going to be a really bad experience. <laughs> But if you if you're working, that's why you have to enroll the people that have already got trust with those students. Would you, if you were to start again, do you feel it's? I think you were kind of almost touching on the, the strategy, which is you have to get the teachers who have the, the closest connection mm. with the student to buy into the social media, you know, um, idea, and then they are the ones that become the ambassadors. And and really, that eventually that has to be a non-negotiable for your teachers, because otherwise. You yeah, know. I mean that's cha- that is challenging, especially when you go from like not. There's a lot of hesitancy when you mm. go from like not doing it to you know like some teachers doing it, but um, in the end, I mean it just depends on how you present stuff and how involved you keep them. Um, you know, and like, like during the pandemic, for example, I wanted to make a video by recording a Zoom class and people were like super hesitant about that students. But, you know, with the teacher's help of her just being like, you know, this is just to help promote the students and it's good for the school and her being excited about it. Um, mm. really, really changes the minds of the students. I mean, obviously, you don't want your teachers to become like, you know, spokespeople for the marketing campaigns because that can also be negative. Okay. But, um, but definitely just being like totally open and honest about it and, and, you know, just mentioning it, it doesn't have to be anything like super elaborated. And when we do videos in the classes, like, 
um, there's no interruption. The teachers are just doing the class, like, um, and they may organize, like, a special activity um, that may seem, like, more dynamic and be more interesting to see in a video um, during that time that you're in there. So you really have to be connected to the teachers, and they have to know what you're trying to capture. Because if you have, like, a teacher sitting at a table and then they're doing, like, a quiz all silently, like, obviously that's part of class, but that's not something that looks good in a video. No, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. I think yeah. you just said two things that are really brilliant. Um, the first one is that um, with the with the teacher, you're not asking them to do anything staged. That's the whole point, right? So, mm-hmm. hey, teacher, you do exactly what you're normally doing. I don't want you to do anything extra. I'm just asking you to do what you're doing, and we're just going to capture that memory. And then the second thing that you said that was really smart to me was this idea of, you know, you set them up for a successful video or or visual, right, which is you don't get them doing the middle of a test. Um, Oh, okay, now while you've got, you know, everyone's looking down at their paper, looking stressed, go around and take some pictures. That's not going to be a successful campaign. You're saying, hey, why don't you do this activity? And I guess you might even want to get them to do that dynamic activity regularly because then you have a regular environment for you to be able to get new content. Would that be a fair summary of your approach that you may or may not have thought? <laughs> yeah, it seems very yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it. It's getting the teachers involved, you know, talking to them about what they're going to do. And then they also feel more confident about you filming because, you know, it's not – not everybody's super comfortable knowing that mm. they're being recorded. Um, so just, you know, getting everyone involved and preparing them for it and, you know, even making suggestions. Like, you know, it works really well whenever you do a game where you have a physical object. Do you have a game that you could do during class tomorrow? Um, or when, you know, when can that happen? Um, so that it's all just very, like, to the point and mm. you don't have, like, you know, you're not recording for no reason, for too long, making people uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, I would say just just preparing everyone for it and explaining to them why and and what looks good and why. <laughs> That's great. Great tips. Why don't we just add a little bit of contrast um, by understanding what definitely doesn't work, <laughs> and then maybe we'll have a couple, maybe one more point, and then finish up for this podcast. So um, let's start off with just, you know, what what doesn't work, Herbert? Because uh, let's start with you. Right. Well, I, I, I always see uh, a lot of language schools, Instagram feeds, you know, filled with text. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I know what they, they mean and I know what they're trying to put across. They want to educate, um, you know, prospective students and their followers about word of the day or tips to learn this grammar point or whatever. Um, but it's just so monotone. And again, you know, people want to see behind the scenes, you know, who's, who, who are the teachers? Who's the owner? How do the courses work? Um, what am I going to get out of it? Um, so we, yeah, using lots of text, um, stock photos, as we mentioned before, and as I always say, um, and making it just boring and generic. That's, um, that's a killer. Yeah, I wonder, Mariel, you probably have some some insights into this, but it definitely seems kind of going back to the point you made earlier on this, if it doesn't communicate your brand in that 
then it probably isn't worth posting. So just like if you're using a grammar point, Herbert, if it's a generic grammar point, then it it conveys nothing about your brand and who you are Mm. and therefore why they should choose you. Whereas I'm assuming, Marielle, every post communicates something about your culture, your brand and how you do things. Um, tell me about what, but but let's go back again to the question, which is what doesn't work, and then uh, we can go what what does. Okay, um, sure. So yeah, as uh, the point I wanted to make about what Herbert said about what doesn't work with text and things is that it really depends on the platform and what part of the platform you're using. Like Instagram has gotten a lot more sophisticated, and it has like a lot of different categories within itself. Mm. And for example, like text looks really bad just on your Instagram feed. The Instagram feed is like a beautiful album and that the text is in the comments, but like what what people want to look at on the feed are beautiful images. So mm. that's what you should put there. And for example, but for for a language school, like I another point that I like to touch on on our social media anyways is is a bit of language learning um, resources, which would be, you know, like grammar, quizzes, whatever. Recently, what we've been doing, for example, with Instagram that works really well for engagement is to do, to integrate, like, the fact that we're language learning and and, and provide some resources, too, is to do quizzes, like language nice. quizzes on the stories, but not on the posts. Fantastic. Like, stories are something where you do see that and where people are looking for interacting or you know being something slightly you know involved in in that part of the platform so if you do still want to be able to provide resources you know there's ways for example that you'd be much more likely to see like a grammar resource on facebook that will then be um, reposted in like language learning groups and um this kind of thing has more to do with like what platform you're using um, in my experience. So yes, just don't, you know, use the platform for what it's meant for. Um, so the problem I think is whenever you see these things like in a place that doesn't feel right. Um, but yes, other than that, just uh, as we mentioned before, stock photos, I feel like it's better like not to post anything at all. <laughs> Um, because it's obvious Um, it almost has the opposite effect you know maybe that's more personal than anything else but it's like well you're trying to sell me something like what are you hiding Mm, yeah right exactly you're conveying a mask (laughs) yeah definitely interesting um well let's um ask any kind of last points but i think I wouldn't mind maybe just finishing up really about kind of what you're talking about, that you seem to understand very early on how important real images were rather than, say, professional and stage photos. You just mentioned it there. Why did you feel that that was true from the beginning? And how much do you think that's true now? Like, I think a lot of people still hear like, oh, but it's so much easier just to use a stock photo. Why? What, what, uh, all I need to do is just get one picture and then I'm done, right? You know, but, but tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, I guess it's just like fully intuitive in a way because of my own experience. I mean, in any, you know, with any kind of product that you're buying, like if you go to a restaurant, if in the front of the desk they have plastic food, you know, like you're <laughs> going to be like, oh, that's super, like 
yeah, that's cla- that's unclassy. I don't know. It's like, what am yeah. I going to get? Yeah. If they yeah. made the decision to put that in front of me, like, what kind of food am I being served? Like, um, so it that's just really... That's a good analogy. That's a great one. <laughs> have to use it. <laughs> but... Um, I know it's a lot easier and, you know, at the beginning when you need something there, I guess it is better. You need something, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's what it's for when you don't have your own resources. But um, I definitely think it's in it's it's like a really, really great investment um, to dedicate some time and and resources to to getting real, real imagery. And and that is going to be like um, reflected on on the whole ecosystem of the company. And Herbert, what would you say is your parting comment in terms of, and maybe focus on how you can enroll people into this and, and get and generate that user-based content? Uh, right. I mean, I think Marielle uh, told told the story of Speakeasy so well is is you've got to start. It'll be a painful start, but you've got to make it a habit and, and be consistent in terms of um getting everyone involved in this process of of creating authentic uh images and videos and it kind of sells itself then you know it's that snowball effect so once you have it once students are giving you really good photos and testimonials then it just keeps on coming um students well, now want to be the student of the week. Um, I think that, that there's nothing better than that when when they're volunteering to be on on your social media, and um, that's a testament to just uh, getting through that painful um, start starting process. Yeah, well done, Marielle. It's been such a pleasure to have you join us on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been really great. Yeah, and and for those of you listening in, I I really you know hope you've enjoyed today. I've learned so much from from Marielle and and really kind of crystallised some of the ideas that I hadn't. You just had some brilliant uh, analogies, and I think it's really crystallised <laughs> what can work and how to start, which is great. We've got some definitely really steps. Um, and, and so thanks again for for listening in. Every week we aim to give insights, inspiration, and motivation, and we aim to give you a new episode every week. You've heard about how important it is um, with social media and marketing your language courses. And uh, for now, though, subscribe to our our podcast um, and we'll see you next week. Catch you in the next one. Thank you.